This is the Hunt, Fish, Conserve podcast hosted by Ethan Evans and Tyler Swenson. This podcast is going to be about my experiences in Montana from the recent move to uh, from Iowa to Montana. I've been pretty busy exploring some new country and some new outdoor opportunities that I have in Montana. We will be discussing how Iowa and Montana are similar but different at the same time. So yeah, to talk about the move from Iowa to Montana. So that was kind of a whole other thing. It was pretty daunting in the sense of we had dinner. It was February, late January. Uh, of course, as we're moving, as all things do happen, it was actually right in the middle of a snowstorm. Pretty bad blizzard. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, in and out of four-wheel drive on the interstate the whole time going, you know, between 30 to 40. And then sometimes you get up to 60 and... The trip, you know, it's supposed to take, you know, three hours at one point, takes six hours and just brutal stopping. And it was just, it was just a whole other thing. And then of course, you know, you got all your belongings in the back. So you're just worried about getting there with everything you got. Like, you know, I had my computer, had my work stuff. You got all my fly rods, hunting equipment, all these toads behind us. All of our personal belongings we own is like with us right now. So that was pretty daunting, pretty challenging. but. We finally did get here. And then, of course, the day we're moving in, it was like negative 10 degrees. Like, and then, of course, as you're moving in, it was always like a realization that you're pretty much out of shape. Our our apartment didn't have a uh, elevator and we were on the second floor. <laughs> so we had to go upstairs. And then as part of that move, our apartment also didn't have a washer and dryer. So, oh, my God, had to use a two wheel cart, my fiance and I, to get the washer and dryer. We had to get a used one from a guy that lived on a busy street, had to load it in the U-Haul, throw it in the back, you know, parked up on the curb, driving a U-Haul around, got it here, had to huff it up two flights of stairs, finally get it in, hook it all up, figure out that, you know, it didn't come, which I didn't think about it because I never really hooked up a washer and dryer for it. It didn't come with, you know, any duct work for the back. And we did get duct work and then we didn't have any tape uh, tape to seal it, didn't have a clamp to seal it, didn't have the water hoses. Then it didn't come with a plug either. It was just all this other things. So I'm sitting there like had to run like three trips to Lowe's and it was like, oh my goodness. But it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be like I was just pretty close to like buying a clothesline and having start hand washing them and hanging them out the window or something (laughs) or in the parking lot. But, um, (laughs) as part of that, like, I guess the biggest thing is definitely like kind of condensing everything I own. I guess I was pretty fortunate to grow up on an acreage, uh, and just had a lot of space to kind of store things. Um, so it kind of made me take a step back and like, how do I organize my, I'm not saying we live in a small area, but a small space by any means, but smaller than what I was used to. So I kind of had to like get a little smarter with my organization and condensing and like kind of leave out what things I thought were important. Like, for example, like, well, I wanted my fly tying desk out, but then like, okay, then like we had to buy some shelving to like store everything and then totes. And then you're kind of like, I have all my ice fishing stuff with, and it was like, how do I store all my ice fishing stuff? So that's been a little bit of a challenge. Some opportunities probably to make some videos for people that maybe have to store things in small places because I think that's something that we all kind of struggle with. And I don't, I don't like, I tried to scour the internet for people like talking about like, Hey, how do you store all your stuff if you live in a small apartment? And I didn't come along. I didn't come across much. And the last thing I really want to do at this point is buy like a storage unit to store anything. Cause I feel like that's just a hassle. Ideally one day I would like to have like a boat 
but that's kind of a challenge because then we have to have a storage unit. So. Right. And the thing about a storage unit too, is it feels like anything you put in the storage unit, it almost like never comes out because then you got to go to the storage unit, pick it up. Now you got to go back to the storage unit, put it away. I mean, if it was a boat or something, it would be no big deal. But you know, if you like had all your gear in there, I don't know. It seems like such a hassle to go get it. Right. Cause yeah, it just like adds another whole complication where it's like, I mean, yeah, like you said, even with a boat, it can be challenging because like how many people get their boats out already. And it's like, then you throw like another complication in there. It's like, well, that boat's never leaving, you know? So right. that is one thing to think about. So I guess, uh, just kind of learn how to live in a small space. It's definitely been a little bit of a challenge or just a bit of a transition, I would say. Right. So with you getting all settled in, uh, you and you and your fiance have been there many times. Well, maybe not like Kalispell many times, but up in that area many times, I'd say. Um, does it still feel like vacation for you now that you're all settled in? It does feel like it a little bit. And I think it's just because like every day or at least every week, you're kind of like figuring out something new about the area. Like, you know, you kind of found like the new local spot to eat, the new local spot to hike. Oh, there's a really cool fishing spot here. There's a cool shop here. And it's just kind of like when you go on vacation where everything's new, I think we're kind of still in that kind of still that kind of phase. But there are some things like we're kind of starting to get the routine kind of settled down and, you know, what we're doing day to day and the places we do like going and places we don't like going. So I think that's kind of been a little bit transition, I would say, to kind of like from like vacation to every day. So it's kind of starting to feel like more a home, I would say, at this point. Right. Because... You two are, I mean, it seems like you're always on the move, you know, here and there with her having the photography business. I mean, it's a, well, it's a great opportunity for you to do more fishing. That's for sure. But you're always just all over the place. So maybe it always feels like a vacation is the point I'm getting at. Yeah, it it definitely does. Like it's one of those things like, um, I do love the go, go and go, but it's definitely nice to kind of be back to like one spot. And like, kind of like cement yourself into an area. So, I mean, like you said, like we'd spend a lot of, there are a lot of our activities we like doing around this area. So it's kind of nice to be kind of in one permanent spot that kind of allows us access to all those things like really easily. So, right. Has there been anything other than the actual moving the washer in and going to Lowe's five times? Has there been any other challenges so far with you moving? You know, I don't... I don't really like think of any, like I can really see, I would say like we've had a pretty smooth move. Um, I don't think anybody can ever say they have like a move that's like perfect by any means, but as far as challenges go, like, yeah, I mean, there's always like that time where it's just like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a challenge, but it was nice because it felt like it was never ending where it's like you buy like a bookcase. It's like, well, I got to buy, I got to put that bookcase together. It's like, you buy a bed frame. It's like, well, I got to put that bed together. And it's just like, it was a never ending cycle of like putting things together. <laughs> so it's like, we're kind of past that now, which is definitely nice and refreshing because that was getting kind of old quick. And it's just like, you know, we weren't buying, I mean, this isn't our forever furniture. And it was just like, it was like, we were buying cheap stuff from Walmart. And it was like, I remember I had to work and Sydney was like, Oh, I really want to put that bookshelf together. Cause I want to organize all these books. <laughs> and like, I was like, okay, well yeah, just put the bookshelf together. It should be pretty simple. Right. And I can't remember, there was like wooden dows and I can't remember what Cindy did, but she basically busted one off inside of it. 
And I was like, well, shit, like we're not going to get that out, you know? And it was just like <laughs> little things like that was just like, you're buying cheap furniture. It doesn't go to well, it doesn't go together. Well, the instructions suck. And it's just like kind of, that kind of was a little challenging and kind of sucky. Cause it's like, I mean, like our whole life was like in a box and we kind of had to reassemble everything back together. We do have everything kind of put together now. And it feels like that kind of like the construction phase of everything is kind of done. So that's nice. Yeah. Cause it's not like you can, like you used to just go to the shop, you know, make something work and then get it done. I mean, just a couple steps and you're in the shop. Well, yeah. Like, like there was something simple. Like I, uh, had to drill a couple hole, uh, pilot holes underneath my desk to get screws in. And I remember like I bought, I got, I was like, Oh, well I'll go buy this. Like I had this really small drill bit and I can't remember where I found it. It was like in the bottom of my tool bag I brought with. But the drill bit was like so small that it wouldn't like hold in my chuck of the drill. <laughs> Basically, I'm underneath my desk and just like from gravity is just holding that that uh, that bit in. And I got the chuck as tight as it can go. And I was just like, God, this is just sucks. Like, you know what? Like, it'd be so much nicer if I had like the shop to go out to, like you said, and like go grab the right drill bit or go grab the right tool for the job. Or like, or like what you said, like go grab like an impact driver or one of those Phillips heads and just screw that in quick. You know, now I'm sitting there wrenching on it with a screwdriver. So it's definitely been a little, but a little humbling in some cases. So oh, definitely I'd call that challenging. That's for sure. Why don't you just share Ethan, some of the different opportunities that have been presented to you as you've been, you know, getting to know the area. Yeah. So Kalispell, um, is really close to some world-class fishing, not as probably famous as some of the other rivers that people probably know about in Montana like the Madison or the Gallatin, but it does have the flathead and it runs right through town. So I'm like five minutes away, really kind of world-class trout fishing that most people would really die to kind of have access to. So, you know, trout fishing in that kind of regard. And then, then there's a lot of lakes around, which we have a lot of lakes around us in the Midwest, but a lot of these lakes are still water lakes for trout, which is super fun. I mean, you know, you can, I haven't had to experience it yet because I haven't been here in the summer, but you'll see these different hatches kind of go on on these still water lakes and you can go out there and catch a bunch of fish on dry flies. And I would say like, you know, the dry fly fishing is a lot different here than it is in the Midwest. Just to say like, you know, in the Midwest, not to say there isn't good dry fly fishing in some areas or some rivers, but for the majority of it, you won't really see trout rise like you do around here because there's not really as much insect or bug hatches. You know, out here we kind of have like the salmon fly hatch and that's a whole other podcast topic. But, you know, people are throwing these huge bugs for trout. And, you know, it's almost like pulling, not quite like it, but it's kind of like pulling like a topwater popper for bass. And that's kind of what you kind of do out here that you can't do in the Midwest. But at the same time, like, yeah, we can kind of have these opportunities out here in Montana, but the river's are a lot bigger. And that's kind of where the challenge I would say and the different kind of opportunity or different challenge you could say kind of presents itself in the sense that you have to kind of be able to like either kind of have a boat to get to these spots or have a kayak or something to kind of get to some of these spots that you can't just wade everywhere like you can in Iowa. And that's something I think I definitely took for granted was like there was really nowhere in Iowa that I could go on a stream and not get to the other side or not get to this other spot to fish. Where like out here, it's like you are truly limited by access points. And like either that or you're going to have to start swimming. Like, I mean, these rivers <laughs> are are super wide and like, yeah, they're just, they're just not suitable to wade in some cases. So I would say that's kind of been different as regards like fishing. But, and I haven't explored too much of like the 
the mountains around us yet just because of the fact of it's, you know, it's been winter and still kind of spring's kind of coming around. But we do live very close to Glacier National Park, which is a super cool uh, park. It offers, you know, some pretty cool fishing opportunities. It offer, offers some, you know, cool just landscape hikes, breathtaking views, wildlife are all around. Like the other day in Kalispell, in one of the parks in town, there was a bear spotting. So some of that stuff has been uh, cool to hear about because it's like, you know, you'd never hear about that in Iowa. So that's been a little bit different. Uh, and then also, I guess another thing too is like, to kind of take a step back and kind of analyze even further would be like the ice fishing scene where I think everybody knows in the Midwest, you know, ice fishing is huge. I mean, if that's the number one probably thing to do in the winter around us, it is just, I don't really know. I mean, yeah, there's some skiing, there is some, you know, cross country skiing. There's always but, a so bar. Like, yeah, there's a bar, right? <laughs> and there's some snowmobiling. But like for like a true winter activity, you know, you I feel like people find themselves ice fishing a lot. You go to a lot of these public boat ramps in Iowa; they're just chock full of people. And that's not the case in Montana. Like, I don't know if that's just because there's so many different things you could be doing. Like, you could still be hiking in the winter. You could still be skiing. You know, you can cross country ski, and there's all these other different and it's snowshoe. There's all these other different things you can do, except don't have to be ice fishing. So there's definitely a big culture change between the ice fishing scene, I would say, in the Midwest versus the Montana scene. That would be an interesting conversation because I don't think we talked about that enough, Ethan. I mean, there's the fishing is probably almost better in Montana where you're at from what you've told me. But the fishing scene is, or the ice fishing scene, I should say, is like you said, is much more larger, at least from where we're from. Yeah. Like, and it is just crazy because like, I mean, you go up to Minnesota, all those famed lakes have so many people there. And it's just like, it's not really world-class fishing because the pressure is so high. Like you have these fish that are super spooky, like yeah, there's people catching like, you know, big crappies, walleyes out of these lakes all the time. There's also like how many permits on the lake, how many portables, I mean, tons. how many people at the boat ramp, how many people driving on the lake, like tons. So around here, like you could literally pull up to a boat ramp and there'd be like maybe one other guy fishing. And like one of the spots we went to is like definitely a well-known spot. Like it wasn't nobody's secret spot, but we were catching huge rainbows out of it. Like repeatedly, like ones that are pulling drag on you. And I mean, it's like super fun where it's like, I don't know, like this spot would be totally fished out in the Midwest. Oh yeah. Well, one perching catches wind of it and it's game over. That's the way it seems around here. I mean, yeah, I fished lakes pretty early before they were good around here, or I shouldn't say before they were good, before people knew they were good. And then like a week or a week or two weeks go by. It's like Joe tells Sally. Sally tells his her neighbor Dick or something about the fishing at so-and-so lake and just boom, it just blows up. And, you know, like the whole ice fishing thing, I think I was kind of worried about coming out here because like you said, like in the Midwest, how many people talk about it, how many people do it, how it's just such a big scene there. Where like in Montana, I was worried like, well, maybe they don't have much around. And then I found a tackle shop. They're like, oh yeah, we got really good ice fishing. We sell all the stuff like... But he's like, yeah, definitely. It's getting more and more popular out here, but it still is like nothing like it is in the Midwest. Right. So I would say that's been definitely a really cool experience to kind of go out. And I was able to fish for a lot of new species that like, like salmon, lake trout and all those other kind of, I think, yeah, like rainbows and 
things like you can't really fish for around us, at least of, of like an abundant sense. So that's been, that's been a lot of fun. What do you miss about Iowa and what don't you miss about Iowa? Yeah. I mean, I have, there's always definitely, Iowa's always in a hold a special place. It's where I'm going to end up back living one day. I would say like one thing is definitely like the people, like it was a very nice weekend this past weekend and the people, the number of people trout fishing, which is awesome to see. Like I love people seeing people fishing, but maybe not exactly where I want to fish. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. And what do you, what do you say about uh, people fishing or what did you hear about people fishing? Yeah. There's that famous fly fishing author. Who's like, there's two types of people fishing fishermen. There's like the people you're fishing with and then assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the truth, right? Because like, it is the truth. Cause like retro, like retrospectively, like when you're thinking about it, you're like, Oh, it's awesome. To see these people fishing. Like they all bought a fishing license. They're all buying fishing equipment, which pumps money back into conservation. But then also you're like, but I don't want them fishing my hole. Like, what I'm thinking about, cause it's like, I want to be fishing that. Right. Like, damn, I know that's good water, but so I would say that the competition and like the fly fishing is, you know, huge. Like, you know, it's a huge thing out here. I mean, it's kind of a synonym for Montana and fly fishing. They just kind of go together and it's just in Iowa on the flip side, we're just getting bigger. But like, I mean, Ty, how many times have we been out fly fishing on, you know, some of the best streams in Iowa and you don't see another person all day. Oh, I mean, pretty much every time I've been with you, Ethan, I mean, we've gone by ourselves, you know, multiple times to some of these streams around, but every time I've went fishing with you, I'll just leave it to those opportunities. There is most of it. It's just me and you, maybe one other guy. And like, yeah, like you said, it might be that guy warm dunking right by the parking lot, you know, who walked like right. 10 feet from his car where like, yeah, you put a little boot other down in Iowa, you're getting farther away from people. And we're not catching, we're, we're catching nice fish too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I would say that's kind of one thing, you know, the one thing is probably maybe I don't miss it, but you know, that's kind of another thing. It's just the kind of the public versus the private land thing. There is just so much more public land out here. So that's one thing that's a little bit different. I guess another thing that's probably different is like, the whole warm water scene out here is a lot different where like, for example, like if you catch a walleye here in like this area, because they're non-native fish, you're expected to kill the walleye right away. Really? I wasn't aware of that. So like kind of the different thought process around some of these species is just kind of definitely a new awakening or new eye opening, I would say probably for me. Because like, you know, I mean, just think about how big walleyes are in the Midwest, which are, they're just huge. And like, not saying I did it a lot, but I mean, it is always fun to go bend a rod on some bass, you know, whether it be spinning or casting. And I'm not saying there isn't that around here. There is some of that, but it definitely isn't anything like the Midwest where like you could really go to any kind of local pond and, you know, catch some decent largies if you wanted to. You go to the local Skeeter pond and catch some nice largemouth bass. I mean, it is one thing, Ethan, where don't get me wrong. I'm, I mean, I won't speak for you on this, but love fly fishing, you know, catching anything on a fly rod. But like you said, it is fun just bending a rod on a spinning reel or a bait caster. And which was kind of odd. I mean, I didn't know that about the walleyes. I mean, it's like catching a carp here. I mean, people are like, Oh, just a stinky old carp. I mean, that's kind of what it appears that 
it appears that walleye are that way in Montana. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and it's not all Montana, just the area that we are. But yeah, I would say some of that maybe I kind of miss that kind of scene. You know, for it's like hunting, you know, it's uh probably one thing I'm going to miss is like, you know, the simplicity of going to a tree stand. And I feel like everybody's kind of got that allure for going out west, but at the end of the day, like not saying that there's there are places that you can easily access here to harvest um deer and stuff and put tree stands, but you know, the better hunting is the better the farther you go away. But, you know, I'm not going to put a tree stand out here. You know, a guy might put three or four or five, six tree stands up, have all the spots to go hunting. And then all you have to do is carry your bow out there and go hunting. Where, you know, now I need a pack and survival gear and all this other stuff, binos, everything else that, you know, kind of the tree stand hunter doesn't bring with him versus the mountain kind of Western hunting. Yeah, which is awesome. On the other hand, it is nice having a buddy. I mean, we've only been on two trips together. Hopefully a bunch more share our experiences with you guys. Yeah, I can, like we've talked before, Ethan, people that do that on their own, I mean, their balls just must drag across the mountains because that, that would be scary. Well, it's like me and you talked for Ty and it's like, I mean, I feel like we're pretty, you know, tough guys, um, not to pat our shoulders or anything, to pat our backs or anything, <laughs> right, but, yeah. but I remember like the first time you told me about like whitetail hunting. And you're like, it gets kind of spooky walking out there at night. And I was like, oh, whatever, you know. But it's like, I remember the first time I did it, I was like, and I wasn't even that far from the car, but I was walking through the woods. I was like, okay, yeah, this is, I could see why, like, you know, you hear a little leaf crunch behind you or whatever. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> and the worst thing that we have to worry about is honestly, probably a like walking up on a skunk or something spraying you. Right, right. Like, yeah, like there's not much that could actually go wrong, but like, yeah, out here, like you said, like, you know, you could run up on a bear or something. So definitely probably that's probably one thing uh probably miss about Iowa is that you don't have to worry about bears. So Right. So I gotta I gotta ask Ethan, you know, moving in with your fiance, uh, you've told me, you know, a couple of duties around the house. Are you still karate chopping the pillows? Still gotta karate chop those pillows to make them look nice. <laughs> that just and I know there, I know there's I know there's another guy probably listening to this who's like I know what he means I know what he means like <laughs> it's the first time I've heard about it. If you're gonna have a fly tying table in you know the house, you gotta probably karate chop those pillows too. So <laughs> it's all about right. compromise. It's kind of what makes a relationship go around. But yeah, I mean it's right. like some of that stuff is kind of funny to think about. But it is funny. Yeah, I mean, I know all those guys got... It's like you go from having one pillow on your bed to having eight. And it's like you don't know what to do with them. <laughs> when you told me that, Ethan, you're like, God, you know, I got this new task or new chore or whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, God, what is it? That's the last thing I expected you to say. But it is hilarious. I I love that story. But going off of that, Ethan, uh, what's fun things that you and Sydney like to do together? Well, you pretty much already said all of them, I suppose. Definitely like the cool thing I probably say about here and. Not to say Sydney doesn't, or my fiance Sydney doesn't enjoy like the fly fishing or the ice fishing around the Midwest, but we we're fishing this lake for salmon, uh, ice fishing it for it. And the bite was a little slow. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm sitting there just looking at the live scope or Vexar jigging hard, trying to like, you know, work a fish. I look over, Sydney's rod's not moving. And then like I look at her and it's like, oh, she's just looking at the mountain. <laughs> I will say that's like one thing that's pretty cool is that she's able to kind of like, you know, enjoy the scenery around us and that kind of just adds to the experience. So it is true. You know what people say, like, you know, trout do live in some pretty 
pretty cool spots. So, you know, like the place that I was fishing this past weekend out of Madison, I probably would have never really went there unless it was for trout. And, you know, to kind of take Sydney there to be like, you know, hey, yeah, we were trout fishing, but at the same time, like, look how cool this spot is. So I will say that, like, from a fly fishing perspective, ice fishing, like, some of the spots it's taken me is really cool. And it's probably a lot of the people probably will never see it because it's like, it's not a big tourist attraction. You know, it's, it's cool to see, but it's like, you're kind of there to fly fish, but at the same time, like, damn, like, I am fly fishing at this spot too. So. Well, and here's what we've, we've said, talked about this before, Ethan, too. I mean, you know, you now living in Montana and, you know, experiencing all these things on the weekend, like new spots, new territory. The only thing I can speak on is like our couple trips that we've taken. Tourists, all right, they drive to the spot and they're like, you know, hypothetically, let's say we're hunting the same spot that they're driving to and looking at. You know, and they're like, oh, the mountains are so sweet. We're hiking and we go over that one ridge. And, you know, maybe it's the most beautiful scenery that you've ever seen. And, you know, like you said, not many people probably take that extra step. It's just these places where fishing or hunting motivates you to get to that spot. And, you know, like, gosh, you know, I would have never seen this if it wasn't for fishing. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. And I think, you know, we're both guilty as is anybody to kind of make sure to like kind of take a step back and be like, dang, like look where I am at, you know? And like, I even got to do that sometimes like where I was fishing this week and it was like, you're so locked in on being there for one reason that you forget like, damn, I am in a really cool spot. So like other fun things that Sydney and I do are just like, you know, we kind of love going to new areas, going on new hikes, which is plenty of that around to kind of see different scenery. And that's kind of the fun things we like doing as far as like outdoors go. Didn't get into the shed hunting thing too much this year, but, Hoping to kind of do that more. I think that was kind of something fun to get us both out hiking and moving around. But yeah, I'd probably say fly fishing, ice fishing is probably a huge thing that both of us do together as well as just general hiking and, you know, kind of going on, looking out for wildlife is another fun thing we like to do. Kind of go take, see if we can spot some wildlife, especially like when they're pretty active now, kind of the elk are kind of moving from, you know, the low ground to the high ground pretty soon. So kind of going out them, you know, moose and bear kind of all coming out too. So Kind of going around and see if we can see any of that. It's another fun activity we enjoy doing together. You said you're getting into the pickleball a little bit too, right? Yeah, pickleball. Yeah. Yeah, pickleball is a sweet sport. <laughs> Just a good way to get you outside. Yeah, that's one thing we like definitely. It's a good, it's a fun thing to do. Definitely get us both active. And it's just like, it's a different thing than going to the gym. And it's like, it's not as taxing as like tennis by any means, but it's like, fun and it's like i don't know i always enjoy being competitive so i guess something that me and her can be competitive at too so right just another activity that both of you can do together and you know like you said you you're in a spot where you can see the mountains around you playing pick and ball with some sweet scenery sounds like a good time to me yeah it doesn't get much better than that so is there anything else, Ethan, that really sticks out to you? I mean, making a comparison between Iowa to Montana? You know, not that I can think of um, that we haven't covered, but you know, I kind of hope to kind of dive into some more of these experiences, like, you know, my experience fly fishing a flathead after a year, or, you know, maybe some whitetail or mule deer hunts I do around the area. I like kind of shed some light on that kind of stuff. So definitely be having some podcasts about that. So, and like, I know Ty, like you were talking about maybe coming out here and doing some fishing around here. So. Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely going to happen this year. So hopefully we can 
I don't know, take a bunch of pictures for you guys. You know, we always talk about recording a video, so <laughs> maybe we should have a video of us fishing out West. Like you said, Ethan, you know, for you guys listening, the only, the problem that we have is Ethan always goes, all right, there needs to be one guy fishing, one guy videotaping. Well, it's like, God, you, you just want to fish. So that happens every single time. <laughs> yep. It's something we're trying to actually work on. So hopefully we get more content out there sooner or later. There's going to be a video. So, right. Just to be totally transparent, this kind of short little podcast kind of fill us, fill you listeners in on kind of what's been going on. Hope everybody's been enjoying the podcast, trying to be more active on all our platforms, as well as just kind of put up more awesome content as kind of summer rolls around and fall rolls around too. So yeah, it's definitely been a slow transition from winter to spring, it feels like. So busy season is coming upon us. Maybe some more fishing, maybe some foraging pictures from my side. Mushroom season's coming up. Asparagus season's coming up. So maybe you'll do some mushroom hunting out there on your explorations and hikes that you two do. Yeah, I know. I got to keep that in the back of my mind. That that's like actually happening out here. I forget it happens everywhere. To be honest with you, I'm like, God, they have mushrooms in Montana. Well, duh, they have mushrooms in Montana, you know? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we see some pictures of that, but thanks guys for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Bye.